0: Thank you, Lord, that you give us wisdom, insight, and understanding for this life and how to live this life to the fullest, Father God, because you have called us to live a fulfilled life. And all those who believed it said, Amen. 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 We're busy with our, season, with our series called I Have Decided. And basically, the fundamental concept of this series, I have decided for the whole month of January, is to understand that the right direction tomorrow. Starts with a right decision today, and it's really important for us to start making right decisions in the beginning of 2015. Because how many of you believe with me 2015 is going to be the most productive, effective, and fruitful year of your entire life? Amen. Yes, it is. It is. I'm expecting it, I'm believing it, I know it's going to happen for us individually and for us corporately. Amen. I can tell you right now, 2015, with prayer cannot look the same as 2015 without prayer amen Amen. it's just impossible we have had so many powerful powerful prayer meetings here on sunday year in the mornings monday through friday starting at 6 a.m going through to 7 and uh, we've been averaging about uh, 15 16 people every morning here praying uh, for an hour And then we've also been averaging the same amount online or the same amount of computers online. Some people are two two people per per computer. So our prayer meetings in the mornings at six have done better than our midweek service. (laughs) So that's pretty awesome. So if you haven't joined us yet, please, please. This is the last week of prayer and fasting. And we're not going to stop praying after this week, but we're going to stop fasting after this week. And so I'm looking very forward to it just to give you my personal experience. I started last week, and I fasted for a week and a half. And um, I fasted, first of all, the, the St. Paul fast, where I took three days, and I absolutely focused on getting me ready to hear from God for what He wants for my life and for our church. That's St. Paul fast. Fasting, believing God for direction, getting yourself ready to hear from God. Then what I did was <clears throat> I fasted... Um, Then I fasted the Esther fast. (laughs) It's kind of weird to say, like, I'm fasting like Esther. I feel like I'm like Esther. But I fasted the Esther fast, which is where Esther fasted, believing God for a turnaround. She already knew what she was going to do. She already made up her mind. She already made a decision. And then she fasted in order to make sure she could do what she said she was going to do for God. And then I fasted the Esther fast, um, you know, believing that things are going to turn around. Whatever it is in my life that needed to turn around, turns around. Whatever, whatever it is in your life that I'm believing for to turn around, I prayed and I fasted and I believe things are going to turn around for you also. Amen. I mean, Mordecai built the gallows where he was going to hang, uh, uh, hang excuse me, Haman built the, built the gallows where he was going to hang Mordecai on. They fasted and the king went, okay, well, let's take Haman, the one who built it, for Mordecai and let's hang him on the one he built right so everything turns around when you fast and when you pray it doesn't matter what situation it is in your life it will turn around amen Amen. this week I am personally fasting the um the Ezra fast where we just where excuse me the Samuel fast where Samuel fasted believing God for a revival And I'm just believing God for revival. I'm going to ask some of you to stand in faith with me, fast with me, and pray with me. We believe in God for a great revival. Amen? But revival starts with me. Revival starts with you. Amen. God is going to revive those things that are dead in our lives. There are only a few decisions that are critical to the outcome of your year. There are only a few decisions that are critical to the outcome of your life. And oftentimes, these are the most overlooked. In the first week of our January series of I've Decided, we talked about the fact that the most important decision of your life is to get close to God. Remember, we talked about what is your one thing, and we searched through the scriptures about what could be this one thing, that if I did this one thing, the rest of my entire life would look different. And we saw how Jesus addressed this one thing with a lady by the name Martha. And he said, Martha, you're concerned about too many urgent things. There's too many things you concern yourself about. Your sister Mary, she gave herself to this one thing, and that was that Mary came to the feet of Jesus. While Jesus was in Martha's house, God was in Martha's house. Martha's in the kitchen, washing the dishes. Doing important, doing urgent stuff, but forgetting the important thing. And so we also saw that David practiced the same one thing that Jesus talked to Martha about. And David said, this one thing I desire. And that is to be in in God's presence every day of my life. Being in God's presence, friend, is this one thing for you and I. And you will see that everything else in your life will be fueled by this one thing. And I can tell you, yes, last week, Sunday, we had three people come and give testimonies of how the morning prayer time has just absolutely changed their lives. You can't leave one hour in God's presence and have the same day as you would have if you were not in God's presence for that same day, same hour. Everything is fueled by you getting into God's presence. Everything in your life changes. Then last week we talked about not just getting close to God but following God. The decision to follow Him actively. We unpacked the meaning of what it means, or the invitation. Of following Jesus. What does that mean? And we looked at what Jesus said. That meant. Last week. And when you make that decision. In the beginning of the year. That you are going to follow Jesus. Not just get close to God. But follow him. Actively. How that one decision will govern and drive. The rest. Of your life. This week. Today. uh, This is the third part of our series. Our subtitle for it is. I have decided to find my purpose. (laughs) I have decided to find my purpose. And the question that I'd like to pose to you today, or I'd like to frame it this way, is basically what on earth am I doing here? (laughs) What is my purpose? What is the vision of my life? What is the reason for me doing what I'm doing? What is the reason for my life? Which dream is my life chasing after? Craig Rochelle, who's a minister in Oklahoma, wrote this book called It. And in the first chapter of his book, he tells his story of his experience at a greyhound racetrack in Florida. And he said his experience that day was, he came and sat down and it was really interesting, but you have to also understand how greyhound races work. That racetrack works this way. Just before they let the dogs out, they shoot out this mechanical rabbit this mechanical rabbit is connected and fixed to a track that is that goes around the whole entire track on the outside perimeter of this track. So this mechanical rabbit is all fluffy and this mechanical ra- rabbit shoots out and it's and it's going around this track and these dogs are chasing after it because these dogs have no jockey that chases them or you know they have not no reason to chase after anything. When they put that mechanical rabbit out there, these dogs just beeline off to this thing. But what happened this day as he was sitting watching this race was that this mechanical rabbit shot out from the starting line. And as it shot out, these dogs were let go and these dogs start chasing after it. But it was just a few seconds and this mechanical rabbit, there was a malfunction. This thing blew up. And it was just fluff everywhere and wires everywhere. And the interesting thing that happened there was the moment that this thing blew up, these dogs started doing crazy things. Not one of those dogs finished the race. More than half of them just stopped, confused, and sat down. Many of them disoriented, they started biting each other. Then one dog. He he got such a big fright, he just ran right through the railing and broke all of his ribs. And then the final dog was standing there just howling and barking at these strange people staring at him. And how interesting of a picture that is of life, isn't it? We'll hurt ourselves. We'll bark at people. (laughs) We'll run through fences. (laughs) We'll never finish what we started. I mean, what else is there to do? One of the highest commodities that a person can ever possess in their entire life is to have a vision, to have a reason for running the way you run. And let me help you. Money is not a reason that will satisfy. It will destroy It doesn't matter how valuable, friend, your gift is. If you have no purpose for it, those gifts you have become eternally useless. It doesn't matter how what abilities you have. If you do not have a purpose for your abilities, your abilities become eternally useless. Your purpose, friend, isn't there to serve the gift. The gift you have is there to serve the purpose that's before you. The talent you have is there given to you by God to serve a mission in your life. The mission is not there for you to have a gift. Your gift is there to serve a mission. So in other words, your purpose determines just how valuable that gift really is. I mean, you know of people who have great gifts, sleeping under bridges tonight. What, what was the reason for that? No reason, therefore the gift had no, nothing to serve. No purpose, so that gift had nothing to fulfill. No mission, so that gift had nothing to serve. You Follow what I'm saying? God gave you a gift, and your gift, the gifting that you have, is a clue as to the mission He has called you to. A lot of people are saying, God, what did you call me to? Stop asking that question. Rather ask, God, what did you gift me with? Because if I can find what I've been gifted with, I have a great idea as to what God has called me to. Amen? Amen. So I want you to say this with me. I I have decided. It's time for me. To live this life on purpose. Proverbs 29 verse 18, the Bible says, Where there is no vision, people perish. Where there is no vision, people perish. But he that keepeth the law, happy is he. Happy is he. (laughs) I've never seen a person with no reason to live be very happy. The reason people have no happiness or joys because they have no reason remember what i told you last time i said people don't necessarily burn out from doing too much people don't do burn out because they're doing too much stuff that doesn't matter it just doesn't matter and they burnt out you'll find one person do a huge amount with a great purpose And you can't stop him from doing more and never be burnt out. You'll find a person who hardly does anything and they're burnt out. Just tired, man. Just worn out, man. Just tired. Why? Doing too much of stuff that doesn't even really matter, no matter how little you do. That's burnout. So if you feel burnt out, it's not an issue of doing less. It's an issue of finding a reason for doing what you're doing. So the Bible says where there is no vision, people die. They, they, they run through fences. <laughs> they hurt themselves. They bark at other people. They never finish what they start. So some of you here today have said these words or a variation of them. You said, I have no sense of purpose. Some of you here today have said these words, I feel like my life is fading. Maybe you've said, I have little to no reason. Maybe you've said, I do things, I function, but I remain empty. I exist, but I don't live. Proverbs 29, 18 in the New International Version says it this way. Where there is no revelation. Revelation. Everybody, let's say revelation. Where there is no revelation. And then it says, it says it's very interesting here. It says, the people cast off restraint. People cast off restraint when they don't have a purpose in front of them they cast off restraint when they don't have a vision in front of them they cast off restraint they have nothing in front of them they're running they're running through fences they're biting people they're barking at stuff they go everywhere but where they should be when they have no revelation they cast off restraint in other words If I don't really know why I am here. If I don't really know why I'm accomplishing these things I'm working so hard on. If I don't know why I'm building all these things. If I don't know why I am making all this money. Why am I making it? If I don't know the reason for it. The why. If I don't know why I'm waking up in the mornings. If I don't know why I'm making myself go to work every day. If I don't know why I'm here, then it doesn't matter how good I am at what I do. It's not fulfilling. It's empty. It doesn't matter to even what I do. It doesn't matter to be an example to my children. It doesn't matter to be a good husband to my wife. It doesn't matter to hold on to standards in my life. It doesn't matter to hold on to convictions. I cast them off. All restraints, I cast off. Why do I have to work hard on my marriage? There's no reason to this thing. And so I cast off restraints. This is why, I guess, one of the reasons the American culture is where it's at. It's because there's no true purpose. Purpose now has taken on things like, how many times can you get the ball through the hoop? This is what I'm going after with my life. If that is the ultimate of it, of course you're going to cast off restraint. Now it's like, how much money can I put into one account? If it's that that shallow, if the reason to life is that shallow, of course I'm going to cast off restraint. I don't have to have a great marriage if that is my goal, because I can have that goal without a good marriage. (laughs) The Hebrew word for the word revelation there in Proverbs 29 is the word calzone. It's not something you eat. For those of you. <laughs> Ka, it's a it's a C-H-A-Z-O-W-N, which is a dream of where you're going. <laughs> it is a revelation and it is a vision, something you see not with your eyes, but with your heart. It's what you can what what you see beyond the thing you're looking at. I'm looking at this, but I'm seeing something beyond it. I have vision. I know where this thing is going. I know where God is calling me to. I know what this mission looks like. I know what needs to be accomplished. I know what this life is supposed to leave behind. I know what this legacy is gonna speak of. So the question today is simply this. Do you have a vision for your life? Do you have one or are you living without one? So when you take a closer look at Our ministry here at City Harvest, you will notice that a lot of our programming here centers around this very topic. I don't believe that the church flows this way up, where the more people we have, the more tithers, the more givers, the more people volunteer, the more empowered the person at the top becomes. I view it the other way around. I believe that God has called a minister to equip the saints to do the work of the ministry. I'm not called to be empowered. I'm called to empower. That's why in, us, in, in our growth track, which is starting in February the 1st, there's a portion there, the second week called Essentials, where we actually articulate the gospel and not just how to understand it, but how to share it. Because it is my job as pastor to empower, to equip the saints, to do the work of the ministry. Amen. So it's my dream to see, to see people step out in their sphere of influences and start ministering the gospel to the people in their lives. Because when God starts working through you, He'll start working His purposes through you, and there is a purpose for you to live for. Amen. So knowing your life's purpose has many benefits. I wanted to share just three with you. The first one is that a vision for your life brings focus it brings focus so I want to start off by just giving you a couple of ways to find out to identify if your life is out of focus you know like when a person takes a picture sometimes that lens is out of focus and they have to move it until it's focused But this is how you know you're living your life out of focus Number one, you say yes to everything. Since you don't know what your purpose for life is, you end up saying yes to almost everything. Yes, 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 I guess so. Yeah, it's urgent. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, it's a good thing. Yeah, it's acceptable. Yes, 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 yes. The second way to find out that, to see if your life is out of focus, is you find yourself saying no to all the right things, and you seem to be saying yes to all the wrong things, no to all the right people, and yes to all the wrong people. This is simply a result of being confused over why you are here. I'm not sure why I'm here, so it's easy for me to say yes to what I should have said no to, and no to what I should have said yes to. Because we do that, we're confused. The third reason to know that you're living out of focus is when you struggle to define the difference between what is urgent in your life and what is important to your life. It's like when everything just I can't even tell you what's important anymore, I just know what is urgent. And now you're running off to what is urgent all, all your life long, and you leave out what is important. This was Jesus' message to Martha. You see, all things are urgent but only that one thing is important, he said. So when you have focus in your life, you're able to say no to those things which do not contribute to your purpose. When you know the reason why you are here, I know what I'm saying, I know what I'm going to say yes to, I know what I'm going to say no to long before I get there, long before you give me the invitation. One of the things I do is um, I've realized that Saturday nights are key for me. If I'm not focused on Saturday nights about what I'm going to do, pray, and so forth, I really struggle on Sunday mornings. And so I've made it. I've said no to everything on Saturday nights, <laughs> just about. Now there's going to be exceptions. I know that, but for most part, Saturday, twelve noon, I kiss my wife goodbye, and and I'm done. I'm praying, spending time with God, I'm reading, I'm preparing. So long before the invitation comes, I already know I'm saying, I'm saying no to stuff, and I'm saying yes to one thing. What is it that you are saying no to? What is it that you are willing to say yes to no matter how appetizing it looks? So you may not realize this, but all of hell has a vision for you. All of hell has a vision for your life. And these came real easy to me. I just wrote, McDonald's has a plan for your body, believe me. Hollywood has a plan for your family, trust me. Television has a plan for your time. Busy has a plan for your Sunday mornings, always. Telemarketers have a plan for your finances. You know, I can't say no to people when they're on the phone with me. I'm not buying it, but I, I'm struggling to say no because she's so nice. I'm like, well, oh, I don't want to hurt. I don't want to be rude. I'm a pastor. I can't like, but I, can't, I don't have the money for it. No. It's a, and then Tina once walked into the house. She saw me there. She walked out. She went and go buy something. I forget what it was. She came back. I was still on the same phone. She said, Jock, give it. She took the phone. She said, bye. Dink. <laughs> <laughs> She did say, have a good day, bye. Bink. (laughs) Oh, man. I'm telling you, somebody like myself, absolutely. I need to absolutely have a reason for what I'm doing, for why I'm doing what I'm doing. Otherwise, I can't say no. I really struggle to say no. But this helps you. Amen? Telemarketers have a plan for your finances. Casinos have a plan for your greed. Miley Cyrus has a plan for your son telling you she has a big plan for your boy (laughs) justin bieber he's i don't know where he's gone i I was going to use him as an example but he's (laughs) so vision gives you focus number two a vision for your life will bring endurance people quit because they don't have this some of you are so tired ready to give up have no endurance and it's not, a, it's not because you don't want to serve God, do things for God, fulfill God's purpose. No, it's not that. It's just you don't know what it is. So to me, it's so key. I, I don't, it's not my goal for people to um, only, only listen to a message once a week. It's my goal for people to become the ministers God has made them to be in the, inf- in the areas that they are, in their influential sphere. God wants to reach through you and touch a dying and hurting world. First, has to get you healed. But I know that a vision for your life will bring endurance. I'm reminded of when I followed Tina. I actually, it really only happened once in the mall for Christmas shopping. And it was one year, many years ago. <laughs> and uh, I think it was about seven minutes down <clears throat> from when we started. I was just following her. I mean, you know, these guys in the malls, you know, they just, and they stop behind the wife and the wife is looking and she's looking at stuff and he's just, and he follows. and, And that was me. So here I am walking. I'm telling you, it was seven minutes. My legs were aching. My feet were hurting. My back was filled with pain. My head was throbbing. I was like, man, I need to go get myself checked into the hospital or something. I'm feeling like, not good here. I am so exhausted. Following her seven minutes down the road, I thought, you know, what, Shark, you like walking. I can walk for hours. I can walk for miles. I love walking. But I cannot walk when there's no end in sight. <laughs> like, where is this, this going to lead? How long is this going to be? I can't do this. I'm sorry. It's, tiresome but you know what i mean listen when you have a vision for what you are doing with the life you have if there is a reason for it endurance becomes yours suddenly you are not exhausted tired and depleted and burnt out you have endurance the question here is is there a goal to your life is there a point to this all to all of this what is it What is the point to your life? (laughs) Number three, what does a vision do for you? A vision for your life will bring fulfillment. It is totally natural that fallen man will go looking for fulfillment in all the wrong places. Of course, they will. We've fallen. The truth is, no one can escape the truth, the fact that they are a spiritual being. You cannot escape the fact that you are a spiritual being. Therefore, fulfillment cannot be found outside of your spiritual man. You cannot find fulfillment in what is natural. It doesn't matter how exciting it looks. It doesn't matter how much money it promises. It doesn't matter how many friends it provides. But whatever it is that's going to fulfill you, I can tell you it cannot be anything other than God because you are a spirit being and you cannot escape that truth why I love what I do that's why I love what I do I'm not trying to sell something people don't need <laughs> they may think they don't need it for a while but they will eventually go like you know what I tried this tried that, tried that tried her then tried it but now and here I am I need fulfillment in my life and you cannot escape the fact that you are a spiritual being only God can fulfill you So the question here is where does vision come from? Where does it come from? What is the point to your life? I don't know. But where do we start looking for it? What is the reason for your existence? I mean, we can go and philosophize about this thing. But truthfully, vision for your life comes from the one who was who has written In his book, all the days ordained for your life. Did you know that there's a book with your name on it? And inside of this book, every day of your life was written long before you lived them. Check this out in Psalms. Chapter 139, verse 16. It says, you saw me, God, before I was born. Every day of my life was recorded in your book. Every moment was laid out before a single day had passed isn't that amazing that god looked down time and he first wrote your whole entire life out every day and you going like god you authored this why <laughs> why are you doing it <laughs> this sucks <laughs> my life is horrible how could you have caused this mess Well, no, friend, the fact is some of us have added chapters to this book. Chapters that God did not author. I know for me, I've added a bunch of chapters to the book of my life that God did not author. I authored those. But the most amazing thing about our God, the final chapter always fits. Isn't that amazing? The last chapter always works out. You know, God's plans don't never end in ashes. He will always give you beauty instead of the ashes, even if it is at the end of your life. You know, the last chapter will always work out. Look at how, look at Romans 8 verse 28, if you will, Juan. Romans 8 verse 28 in the New Living Translation. I want to show this to you. I know many of us, me included, we have a lot of chapters and we're thinking about them right now. We're like, man, all the way from second page, chapter 1, all the way until now, I've written... And I'm now wanting God to finish this chapter, right? Or this book. It says right here, you saw me before I was born. Romans 8, excuse me. And we know that God causes everything to work together for the good of those who what? Love God. But here comes the kicker. Everybody knows that part. But here comes the big part to me. And are called according to their own purposes. No, (laughs) His purposes. There it is. Your question might be, what's the point to my life? This is the point to your life, right there. What's the purpose for my life? This is the purpose for your life. What is it? God's purpose is the purpose for your life. What's the reason to my life? God's reasons. God's plans, God's agendas, God's hopes. They are God's work. They are the plans, the purposes of your life. Everything you do ends up in this purpose. God's purpose, God's work, God's kingdom. We all have different things we do, but we all have one purpose. It's God's purpose. In Ephesians 1 verse 11, it actually establishes it. It says here in the Message Bible, it says, It's in Christ that we find out who we are. It's in Christ that we find out who we are and what we are living for. Isn't that great? It's in Christ alone. I want to rewind to that previous verse there where the Bible says, or, or, or we usually quote that and we say that all things work together for those who love the Lord. I want to make sure I, I communicate that accurately and to those who are called according to his purposes. Not just to those, I love God, everything's going to work out. No, no, no. Those who are called to his purposes. His purposes. Then the last chapter always works out, no matter how many chapters you added. That last thing always works out when you end up saying, like, I am now called to the purposes of God. Amen. It is in Christ that we find out who we are and what we are living for. Many people try too hard, they try so hard to find their purposes. But here's the one thing, they look in all the wrong places. What is the number one place a person tries to find their purpose? In themselves. What is it that I want? Hmm. Where is it? What is it that I want to do? What do I want to experience? Have. Yeah, that's my purpose. I told you that a long time ago. I, I, actually, every year I take the teens on, on a big trip. And um, I talk to them about purpose. And I explain to them how important this is. And then at the end of the camp, I sat them down. I said, okay, now everyone, give me a purpose of your life. What does the end of your life look like? And I couldn't believe how many number one basketball players we had. And I'm like, seriously, guys, this is what you're going to live for, huh? This is what's going to be written about you throughout all eternity. It's in Christ that we find out that we have something to live for. So many people try hard to find it, but they start in the wrong place. They start looking for their purpose inside of themselves. Instead of saying, God, I'm going to start looking for my purpose inside of you. It's in Christ that we find out who we are and what we are are alive for in this world. It's in Christ that you find your purpose. Philosophy is great. It's not the way to find your purpose. The only way to find out why something was created is to go to the one who designed it in the first place. I wanted to go through this little story with you, and I I thought it was very uh, key to what we're talking about here. That in 2004 Olympics, there was a man by the name Matthew Emmons from the USA, and he was leading in his position. He was the best in the world at his own sport. This is 2004, true story. He would do what is called a three-position, 15-meter rifle competition. And uh, he was so far ahead from everyone else that in his final round of shooting, all he needed to do was actually just hit the target anywhere, and he would be number one. He was already so far ahead. (coughs) and he would get the gold medal. What makes these guys good at what they're doing is they have the ability to shut themselves down, slow themselves down, slow their heart rate down so so that there's no jitters. They are completely shut down. Their heart rate has come down so that when they pull that trigger, there wasn't even the slightest shaking. So here is Matthew Emmons and all he needed was to hit hit was the target anywhere. He aims his rifle. He slows his heartbeat down. He pulls the trigger and it hit. Bam! Right in the middle of the bull's eye of the wrong target. He falls from number one all the way down to number eight. And he doesn't even get a bronze, nothing. Yes, you got it. But it did nothing for you. Yes, you made it. Yes, you built it. Yes, you earned it. Yes, you deserved it. But there is zero fulfillment in it for you. None whatsoever. There is zero eternal value to what you just accomplished. So we have to wrap our minds and our hearts around the fact that We are made by God for God. Until we give ourselves to that thought, life will never really work out. It will always be disappointing. And you'll come to the place where you've run out of time to fix anything. We are made by God for His purposes and not our own. And I feel this morning that this one thing is so important, friend, If you're going to look for purpose, please stop starting with yourself. That is not where you're going to find purpose. He is our creator, and only he can establish our purpose, our mission, our reason for being. Once again, here at City Harvest, we work hard at building... Our programming around what we believe, and in order for me to accomplish what I'm accomplish what I'm trying to accomplish by empowering people to actually become the voice of God, become the light in a dark world, become the helping hand, become the loving arms, become the blessing to those in your life, <clears throat> living a fulfilled life, participating in the purposes of God. This is my job to make sure that is. Possible for anybody who's willing and say, God, I want to live in your purposes. So January, so February first, we're starting what's called the growth track, as I've explained to you before. The growth track is four consecutive weeks right after the service for 45 minutes at a time. Um, week one, week two, week three, and week four. Week one is 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 membership. That's all it is. Week two is is um, essentials. That is where we um, deal with some of the essentials of Christianity. Number three is discovery, and that's what I wanted to talk about here. Number three is discovery, where what we do is, you know, we working through discovering who are you. Who did God make you to be? What are the talents? What are the gifts? What is it that God has placed inside of you? And based on that, it is a really good um, idea as to the mission that God has called you to, God's calling for your life, God's purposes for your life. But it will always be for His glory at the end of the day, not necessarily for my comfort and enjoyment, right? And so this is the purpose of God. And that's why I wanted to encourage uh, those of you that need to take that, please make sure that's February the 1st for four weeks. And every month we'll do that, the first, second, third, and fourth week of every month. Now, if you can only make it to the second week, that's fine. Next month you can go to the first, third, and fourth weeks. So you can always fill in the blanks later. I wanted to close with this. One day, every one of us will be standing before God, won't we? Every one of us. And I don't know, sometimes I'm excited about it, sometimes I'm nervous. But one day, we're all going to stand before God. And as a Bible student, I can tell you that there are these two questions that God's going to be asking us. We can surmise that God will ask these to us. The first one is, what did you do with Jesus? God won't ask you about your religious background. As a matter of fact, believe it or not, God's not going to be asking you concerning your doctrinal views. The only thing that will matter to Him at that time is, did you place your faith and trust in the finished work of Jesus Christ? Did you learn to love and trust Him as your leader? And as your Lord, did you do that? This is God's first question to you one day when you stand before him. God's second question to you will be, what did you do with what I gave you? What kind of steward have you been? What did you do with your life? All the gifts, all the talents, all the opportunities, all the energy, all the relationships, all the resources, that I gave you and that I enabled you to. What did you do with that? Did you spend it all on yourself? Did you find your purposes inside of yourself? Did you find your vision for yourself on your own needs? Did you spend it on your own wants and desires? Or did you spend them on the purposes that God made you for? Did you spend it on the very mission that God birthed you for on the earth at this time? The first question determines where you will spend eternity. What did you do with Jesus? The second question determines how you will spend your eternity. And so today, um, I was hoping this was going to be really up. (laughs) But I hope today that God spoke to your heart in a specific way. Friend, don't go through 2015 with no reason for it. Lord, don't waste your life like that. You only have one. Contrary to popular belief, you're not coming back as a rock, as a bird. You're not. This is it. This is it right here. And, and I feel like I'm consistently calling people into a point of sobriety. Like, hey, listen, it's sober up. This is life. And it's ticking away. <laughs> and what are we doing with it? What are we doing with it? You can't get those ticks back. So what are we gonna do with 2015? What are you gonna do with 2015? Because the direction of tomorrow is determined by the decisions of today. What are you gonna do? What are you gonna do with your life? Amen.